90% of all scientists that have ever been alive are alive today. That's a lot of information, but don't panic. It's not an exact science. Hey, Shannon, how are you? I'm here, I guess. <laughs> For the last time in 2020. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot that 2021 wasn't just like 2020. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Um, we've been really bad about um, <laughs> Christmas cards lately. Like, we were real good for 10 years sending out every year. And we have been terrible since, like, 2019. <laughs> And like, I was thinking, I'm like, should I send out New Year's cards and just say like, we give up? Like, I, I don't know. I sort of feel like that. So, did you get the one from our business? No, I did it. Okay. If it came to my university address, like, there's been no one at work for two weeks. So, oh well, it's stuck somewhere then. Yep, it is stuck somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you know, the university's closed this entire week. So. <laughs> Slackers. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> our uh, our FedEx delivery guy, Steve, uh, asked if we were working Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And I was like, it's a day that ends in Y, Steve. And he's like, me too. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and all the rest of the J members of your team were like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I went up to the office a couple times this week actually, and it was profoundly enjoyable. I will say, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was good. So, there's a new uh, Jim Gaffigan. I don't know if you like. Already him. saw it. <laughs> yep. So I've been I've been watching. I'm not quite through it yet, but I thoroughly enjoyed his description of 2021. And he said it was. Like after you get a, a messy diaper all cleaned up and new diaper, sleep clothes back on, baby laid back down in the crib. And just as you're about to walk away, you hear the diaper fill up again. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good description of 2021. Oh, precisely. I thought his, uh, I thought that comedy sketch was very dark for Jim Gaffigan as well, which was even more indicative of the times, I believe. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I was thinking I'm not super partial. This is this weird. I'm sure there's a name for this. Maybe our listeners know this. Um, I think that I probably have some OCD and I think a lot of it, like I count things a lot and all that jazz. And I very much dislike even years. (laughs) Oh, well. I know. (laughs) You're in for a surprise every other year then. (laughs) I know I am. Isn't that the weirdest thing to have? <laughs> I'm like, oh, 2022. Gross. It's a gross year. It just doesn't feel good. <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, I can't yeah. wait to see what your resolutions for 2022 are then. Oh, yeah. I know. There, you know, I hadn't. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it, I guess. <laughs> or unless you're ready now to get into it. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, every every new year for I think the duration of the show, basically, we've done a resolution show. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we did some favorite things shows, and we haven't done those in a while. If you liked those, let us know. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but nobody's nobody's seemed upset that we haven't done them. 
<laughs> I'll put it that way. Oh, I mean, does anyone listen anymore? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the numbers say yes, but they might just all be bots. Oh, you, me, and Daryl, we're still here. <laughs> so, uh, before we go into our new ones, I thought it would be fun to do, you know, what what always is hilarious, and go back and revisit some old resolutions. Yeah, um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Let's let's go there. <laughs> okay, yeah. And so apparently, looking at these show notes, last time that we did this, mm-hmm. you didn't have your resolutions in a Google Doc where I could get to them anyway when I wrote the show notes because it just says, Shannon didn't put her resolutions in the show notes. Email her. <laughs> but they were in the Google Doc I looked up, so I didn't even <laughs> realize that. But So, yeah, they were there. I found them. Just not in time for... Showtime, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell us about one of your resolutions. Yeah. So I, I talked a lot, I think, for many years, which is weird to be at a time where I don't think about it so much anymore, about like planners and all that jazz, you know, and the bullet journal and all this stuff. And it's like, I think I have it down. And so one of my, well, I have it down for me. It doesn't mean it works for anyone else. Um, but one of my resolutions last year was to continue with my like smart planner goals. And in addition to the smart goals, you know, the specific measurable achievable stuff was that when I had like this huge to-do list, like stuff just sat there forever. Right. And so I would only have three things to do per day. And I had to do those three things before anything else got done. Like before I moved on to, you know, other things. And while I didn't do that every day, I did it numerous days. And that was really good. It really kept the work flowing. And I think that it I've done it enough now that like it's not a goal anymore be, because now it's a habit. So I'd say that one was very successful. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I actually told a couple of people about this and one of my friends started doing it too. And she was like, this is great. Cause it's like, you get the three things done and your to-do list is still there. It's fine. You can go to that like master to-do list. And generally you've already worked up momentum. And so you start taking things off that too. But I was very deliberate about, I know like I'd sit down, I'd try to sit down the night before actually, and be like, okay, these are my three things for tomorrow. I know that, you know, two of those can't be super hard because I have a heavy teaching day or something like that. And so I got really good at distributing them so they wouldn't be failures, but also there were still hard ones in there that needed to get taken care of. So I feel like I've got that workflow down really well. I'm going to keep on with that workflow, but now it's a habit, no longer something that has to be constantly worked on. So... That Yay. sounds like a resounding success. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was very happy with it. And yeah, I think I've really gotten down my my groove of like planning and where things need to be so they don't get overlooked. Still need to work on that email, but that's getting worked on. We'll talk about that too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yeah. So that was one of mine that made it pretty well. Okay, so looking at the list, uh, my first one last year was to be more decisive and reactive, but in a good way. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we talked about taking martial arts, but we didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, neither of us got that done. Yeah. Maybe maybe this year, right? (laughs) Maybe, Uh, maybe. (laughs) But I'm going to call this one a success. Um, 
you know, it's part of being a business owner and part of doing a lot of other things is being able to make uh, decisions, not be paralyzed uh, with the data to look at the data, make a decision, and whether or not that was the right decision to commit to it and follow through with it and mm-hmm. react to what happens because of that. Right. Um, and yeah, I'm going to say that that's been, that's been a win. There's been some hard decisions this year. There's been some things where we just kind of jumped in and said, we're going to commit to this. Uh, like running a workshop, uh, you know, we said, nope, we're just going to do it. We're going to bring 20 to 30 people here. And even though it doesn't have funding, really, we're we're going to do this and we're going to make it work. That's awesome. Um, and it did work. So and it did. Yeah. So, yeah, that's been that's been good. It's also been a little terrifying of because uh, sometimes you make that decision. And then in the post, you know, a month later, you go. That decision probably wasn't the one that I should have made, but it's the one I made and we're living with it now. So how are we going to move on? (laughs) Man, I'm in that right now because I picked up a four hour course, like a core course, because we had a retirement and I said, I want to teach this course. And now this course starts in three weeks and I'm like, oh no, (laughs) what did I do? (laughs) Well, and you know, we, we had a job, um, that, if we did it, it was going to take the entire, it was an industrial facility down. And we only had a couple days to get them back up. And it was like, well, we're, if we, if we decide to do this and we take this plant down, we have to get it back up, period. Um, and it's going to, you know, downtime's always on a weekend, so we're not going to be able to get parts. So there was a lot of... Like, okay, we need to make a decision on how we're going to approach this problem that we didn't anticipate having, and we have approximately two minutes to make this decision and act on it. Oh, my goodness. Um, so that that was a good exercise in decision-making. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's scary. But, I mean, that's how, that's how you grow, right, if you're constantly in comfortable situations. Oh, in that case, I am in a growth spurt. <laughs> what is that, like, terrible saying about how oh calm seas don't make good sailors or something like that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Boring sailors. What I don't know. I'll I'll figure this out. <laughs> so so what's your next one? Um okay, so last year I said I was going to learn and master a piece of software and I suggested to myself G plates. And that didn't happen, but I'm going to say that this is a half win um, because (laughs) because I spent the last six months trying to figure out how to plot my data, essentially, um, because there's a super old program that everybody uses and to look at our magnetometer data. And people have been writing stuff, um, you know, web app stuff. And some of that sort of works good, but I wound up sort of getting into the software a little bit more than I ever had before. And I wound up just setting up super old terminals for my students to use, but they hadn't had access to that. So that was nice to do. So I didn't master a new piece of software. I sort of reinvigorated usage of an old piece of software. So I'm going to say this is a half win in this one. Yeah, I, th- I think so, because it takes a lot of effort to get that program to run on anything. On anything, exactly. And I went through lots of 
lots of old computers that were laying around in this inheriting this lab um, <laughs> and stuff. So I'm going to say it was a massive effort just to find a desk space to even put a uh, a computer on <laughs> in this lab. But I cleaned all that up and I have two two workstations. And so I think that was pretty good. And I actually taught it in my class. And so, yeah, I'll give it a half win. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. So, um. Well, we'll get on to the new resolutions next, but that's probably going to make it back in the rotation. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, my next one actually is going to make it back in the rotation as well, um, which the way I worded it last year was work on something and focus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to call it a partial win. Okay. There was definitely a lot more focus, a lot less jumping, but there's still more than I would like. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, there's got to be some of that just because of the nature of what I do. Right, right. But, you know, for example, today I was working on a project for one client. And to be honest, by one o'clock, I was really tired of doing it. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to go work on something else for the last few hours of the day. But I was like, nope, nope, I am I am already in this. I already have all my windows open that I need to keep working on this. Oh, and worked on it until five. And lo and behold, I'm probably about two hours from completing it now. Wow. Look at that. Uh, but that's not every day. That's a that's a win for this week. Right, right, right. But, you know, the more you do it, the, the more wins you'll get with it. So, yeah, that's cool. So what about your next one? Um, so I said say no to service. And I mentioned this several times in the past year (laughs) (laughs) on the podcast. And so this one is a win. I don't think it's like, I mean, service is still in my job. Right. And a lot of my service is actually this podcast, which is great because it's something I enjoy and would do anyway. And I get kudos for it um, (laughs) at my job. So that's great. But this was a game changer. And it's probably just because I'm older now. (laughs) And I don't, I mean, I don't have tenure. I'm not on a tenure track. So it's not because I'm like tenured and now I can say no to everything. But I mean, there are just things that you need to say no to, to protect whatever it is, to protect your time to do other things, to protect your sanity, and I started doing it and it was great. <laughs> and it was stuff like uh, the big one that I said no to a lot was writing recommendation letters. And that is part of my job. And I'm a big proponent of doing it, but I don't need to do it for everyone. <laughs> right. Like I just don't because I'm not appropriate for everyone. And, you know, also, yeah, some of them I'm not going to write that they're not going to be good. So. You need to ask somebody else. So I did a lot of that. And what I didn't go to, and this is, I'm a little bit torn about this, is that I didn't go to a lot of external training things or, you know, like external, these are good to learn for your job talks and everything. I actually said no to a lot of that. And I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing. 
it felt like a good thing to me. Maybe I missed out on learning some things that I, that could help me in my job, but I don't know. I went to a couple of them in the last month and they were like, yeah, I don't want to be here. This was not useful. It was not as advertised. So yeah. And I just left. (laughs) You know, I, I think that's, it's a hard balance between like, I want to, I want to be as up to date as I can. I want to know as much as I can. And I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone and let me do my work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's sort of a tipping point at where you are in your career. And you just have to be careful not to become the, you know, person yelling at clouds. Ex- yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So maybe this would work for like a year where I I very hardcore said no to all this stuff. And so now maybe I get back into it, which we'll see with my 2022 resolutions. So, so that was, that was a big one for me that was highly successful. And I think it taught me a lot about like what my boundaries are and how to communicate those boundaries. Um, We had somebody that I asked to be on the show who very respectfully declined us. And it was for the reason of like, I'm just overloaded right now. And I don't want to commit to this because, you know, I don't, I just don't feel I can do it. And I thought that was great. I was very disappointed because I really wanted to talk to her and she left the door open for later on um, being on the show. But I just thought that was like a really great email to get. And instead of being mad about it, I was like, good for you. Good for you for like setting a boundary, respectfully enforcing it. And, you know, moving on. So that's something that I'm pretty pro in today's world with this kind of stuff is like, look, you know, you don't get all my time, you know. Um, I, in the past, have had problems with that because I like to talk. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like I'll get sidetracked really easily by students or coworkers or anything like that. And so I'm trying to, that's sort of that's some saying no that I need to work on, but I definitely worked on, you know, anything through email that was like, Hey, can you do this? Nope. Sorry. Right. (laughs) So that was really great. And I definitely learned a lot from that. Awesome. So Mm -hmm. let's see, I think I'm going to lump some mine together. So I've just got this one and one more. Uh, One of our two of them were about task tracking. Uh huh. So get out of team task tracking, get back into getting things done, especially the two-minute rule. I'm going to call this a mostly success. Okay. We ditched team task tracking. It's an awesome idea that everybody can see where everybody else is at in projects. And, you know, I can look at everybody's workload and help balance it. And it just doesn't work. It's because that's a full-time job, right? (laughs) It's a full-time job and Mm -hmm. nobody else should be able to put things on your to-do list. Oh, that's really interesting. I worked with some teams for sort of an outside thing this year and we tried a bunch of different team task tracking, a bunch, and it, they all sucked. (laughs) And it wasn't the stuff that sucked. We sucked at doing it. Yeah, the software is great. It just doesn't work with people. Yeah. Yes, Exactly. Exactly. Because we'd be like, okay, this week we're going to get back on this because, you know, there were six of us and we were all working really hard on specific things. We're like, this is what we're going to do. So we all know where we're at. And so we can assign each other stuff and it never worked. So that's super interesting 
to hear that from you as well. Yeah. I mean, it, everybody breaks things down in different ways. I break my tasks down into very small bite-sized pieces. Mm-hmm. I, I know some people that would put like new company website, which is something we did in 2021. Like that would be an item on their to-do list. <laughs> right. <laughs> and for me, that was like 70 items. Oh. So okay. that also that didn't work. Also, if other people put things on my list, it wasn't really on my radar. And if I didn't see it, it just kind of got lost. Or they could put so much stuff on my list that I looked at it and I was like, I can't even nope. unpack this. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, gotcha. So yeah, we got out of that. Um I read GTD again, getting things done by David Allen. Uh I need to read it again this year. I've been using the uh, OmniFocus software suite for keeping track of my tasks. Mm-hmm. I am using it in a modified way. I'm okay. continuing to modify how I use it. Like so, what what David Allen would say is, you know, mind like water. You should work on whatever you want to work on. Because all of your other tasks are captured. That's a really good way to go broke running a business. (laughs) Because the things that I want to work on aren't always the things that are going to make us money or that need to be done. Right. Yeah, exactly. Going back to that completion (laughs) thing and focus. Um, So I'm using it in a little bit of a modified way. Kind of like your task list, actually. I'm saying, like, these are the Mm -hmm. things that have to get done. And if I get those done, my reward is I can work on whatever I want. Yep. Exactly. Uh, I stopped worrying as much about how many hours today were billable. I mean, I still always thought about it some. Mm-hmm. And we even tracked our hours more carefully than ever this year. Um, but I definitely started thinking more of a what got done on the projects today, not how many hours did we bill today. Okay. That's that's interesting. Because I know that's that was one of the things I hated the most about corporate life was the constant like every second had to be billable to a person and I totally get why that happens. But <laughs> I hated having to deal with and track that. It felt like it was more time and effort than the doing of the job. Yeah, well, and, you know, we used to, we had an app that everybody had on their phone. You could clock into a job. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Everybody forgot to clock out when they <laughs> would go to a different job. And then because of the way it was set up, only supervisors could edit the time card. So I spent half of my day editing oh. <clears throat> time cards. And it turned out to just not be a good thing. So now what we do is we have a piece of paper that has the entire day from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. broken down in 15-minute intervals. And at the end of the day, everybody hands me their piece of paper. Oh, okay. Wow. And it does does mean that at the end of the week, I have to sit here and count squares and type it all into a spreadsheet that totals the time for each project, which is kind of a pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I I put a stand-up special on Netflix and do it in 20 minutes, and it's done. That's cool. Okay. That's great. So simple system. Man, 
I feel like we did really good this well, this year for as much of a baby poop diaper field year it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, what's your next one? So my last one was that I said I was going to work from home one day a week. Um, this one was hard because I live outside of town. And so to take my daughter to school, like I take my son to school and then which is one direction from my house. Then I come back home, pick up my daughter, take her to school, which is by my work. And so like I'm by my work (laughs) already first thing in the morning. And so it's kind of, this one was hard because it's just so much easier to just go to work. Right. Right. I tried to make a conscious effort to say like, no, look, because I have that problem with talking, (laughs) (laughs) And my specific goal said that I was going to go to be at home during days when I had my office hours. So like days where I specifically don't have teaching or anything. And I'm going to work from home those days. So I don't get distracted from other people. And so I'd say this was probably like, this was probably 75% successful. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. Um, I thought I was going to be drilling this well um, this year, which we've talked about, which turns out it's going to be in February. But I had a very light teaching load this semester because I was supposedly going to be doing this, um, which stinks because now I have a heavy teaching load in the spring and now I'm going to be doing it. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I I was successful at like taking some of that time and actually working from home. Like I still have my whole covid setup <laughs> you know where i've got like the big monitor and everything set up and like a really nice sit down or standing desk set up in my office at home and i've definitely kept that going and so that was really good and i'm going to keep that going i think as well moving forward even though i got a fancy new office and all that jazz at work and it's very nice to work from but sometimes you just need no one to talk to you <laughs> agree. (laughs) That's my first two hours of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how to, don't know how to get over that. But I mean, that's a good, we'll get to yours and we'll resolutions for this next year. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more about this. Yes. Yeah. So, so your last one. Uh, So my last one was learn to fly. And you did that. Check. And got a license, (laughs) uh, got a plane, fly the plane often. (laughs) <laughs> it is uh, great therapy and a lot of fun that's super great yeah i can't wait i'm super bummed that when you were in norman you drove here but that's okay well you know it's like 60 mile an hour winds so <laughs> man those winds were crazy that day that was <laughs> i mean you would have gotten here really slow but gone home really fast <laughs> It's true. It would have been slower flying than driving going. And it would have been like <laughs> 45 minutes going home. <laughs> that would have been great. Um, okay, cool. We actually did really well. I feel like these were sort of depressing shows sometimes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times I, th- I think you're right. But I think we set realistic goals. I tried to do that again this yes. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Realistic crap. Instead of pie in the sky stuff. Yeah, we won't even talk about weight loss goals or anything like that, right? We're, we're just talking about work goals. <laughs> right. Now, I've got some personal goals in this year's, um, oh, uh, but they are, well, you'll, you'll see, they're okay. realistic. 
Okay. So um, what's your first I, one for 22? Well, so I want to talk about this one first, even though it's not like it's my top one or anything, because we're kind of on the roll of this, and I want your input into this. Um, because I said saying no even more, and I don't necessarily mean cutting out even more things. But what I'm trying to do, because a lot of times got taken up this year by some students because of, anyway, some students that weren't my students. And I started to get like a little resentful, things like this. And I want to make a priority of staying within my boundaries. So in academia, you know, you've got the three horsemen of academia or whatever, right? You're teaching research and service times. And because I'm a teaching intensive professor, um, I'm 70% teaching and 15% research and 15% service. And so when you break that down, it's not even a day of research, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But also I'm really good at teaching and I'm not, I'm teaching this one new class, but that's about it. So it's like my teaching time beyond the classroom isn't as intensive as it has been in the past. Like I can sort of back off a little bit from that. And I mean, that's not to say it, it just means I have my stuff already set up. Right. So. Yeah. You, you've put all those hours in and now you can benefit by right. repeating. Exactly. And it's like, I still update and I update more than, yeah, I hear a lot of people that never update stuff. That's not what I do. I put a lot more effort into it than that, but it's not starting from scratch or anything, even with the, like the time intensive classes, like field methods or something like that. Like I've got that down pretty good. Spent a lot of time on that. Okay. So how do I stay within my boundaries of like, yeah, teaching and research? Like students come in and they have questions and I want to talk and I want to talk to people at work, but man, like I need that time at work in the lab where I can just sit and think like, I don't want to have to entertain somebody or, you know, like, I don't know how to make that happen, how to protect those boundaries without being a jerk. (laughs) I don't think there is a way. I think you have to be a jerk. That's what my husband says too. (laughs) He said he worked with this guy who would say, Hey, look, this is all great. This story you're telling me, but I'm getting paid to work here and I don't make money if I'm not working. So I need you to go away. And he said that so many people would get so upset about that. But my husband thought, and I'm sure you too, actually, (laughs) were like, I love this guy. Like, he's great. Like, he wouldn't take any crap from people. So I've gotten a little bit better at kicking people out, but I need to get even better at it and just be like, hey, this is the time that I'm here. My door's open. We can talk about whatever. But after that time period, because I know there's all those professors that do this, they're like, my door is open these hours. This is when you can come. Do not knock. Don't come otherwise. And I don't want that, but I do know those professors exist. Yeah, no, and I think it it is tricky. And I've done some recently of saying like, look, I, I know you've got questions, but you have a whole list of things that you can also work on right now. I am focusing on Project X for the next three hours. Like if this is a 20 second question, I can answer it. If it's a 10 minute question, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to say it's always popular and it's not pleasant to do either. Yeah, it's really not because like I do enjoy, you know, enjoy talking to people and stuff comes out of those conversations, 
sometimes that's like, oh, this is good. I need to follow up. But sometimes like I just need, yeah, I need more, more devoted devotion to like staying within those boundaries and being like this half day, I'm going to, you know, sit down and read these five papers because this is stuff I want to catch up on as opposed to doing it in bed at night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think having a signal helps. Like I've had this at different places I worked. I don't have it currently. Maybe I should do something like it. Um, but like in one of my last jobs, my rule was like, if my headphones are on the building better be on fire and they can't put it out. <laughs> like my headphones aren't on all day. You can't abuse it. Mm-hmm. But if my headphones are on, I'm in a flow state. Don't bug me. Yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Uh, um, this has happened, which is really exciting, is that my new office, uh, most of the offices have windows that open to the hallway. And so you can see whether lights are on or not. And my new office doesn't. Yes. So you can't. And I purposefully have lamps around my desk. So you can't tell when my light is on. So you basically, you can't tell when I'm there if I'm not talking. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I have a radio that I have on. Yeah. Like a radio radio. <laughs> my son doesn't even know how to use it, which cracks me up. Um, <laughs> what are these numbers? I know. Exactly. He's like, how do you even make this? Cha- Where's this music coming from? <laughs> how do I skip this song? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> suffer through that kid. What? Um, and I have it on like the classical station because that's, I like that as background music anyway. And so I've purposefully, I shouldn't, re- I shouldn't talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> I've purposefully left it on a lot because people are like, oh, I heard your radio. So I thought you were in there and I was like, oh no, I must've just left it on. Oops. <laughs> so now not even that cues people into me being there. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, I guess I just have to be a jerk, but that's okay because that's what will get work done and people will still probably come back. I don't think it's that big a deal. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's yours? Uh, so I'm going to echo one from last year, uh, which is focus and completion. Okay. And I think the focus part is better. Uh, it still can get more, more so. But one thing that I've tried to do in the last few months of this year is button up projects that have drug on. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, it's one of those things where it's like, man, you're just dreading doing the last, <laughs> you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, I buckled down for six hours and it's done. And it feels great. <laughs> and now I don't have to worry about it ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's not six hours, sometimes it's six days, but yeah. getting better at, and I, you know, I've sort of discovered this, like in those situations I talked about earlier, it's like, you have 48 hours to have this plant back online. Mm-hmm. Just kind of doing that to myself saying like, I've got this week before this project is due in quotes, like mm-hmm. my boss will be mad. Mm-hmm. Um, so focus and completion. That's that's number one this year. That's cool. I should probably do. Well, actually, okay. Um, that goes into my number two really well. 
All right. So what is it? <laughs> and so mine is to finish the rest of my dissertation, to publish the rest of these articles. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I published stuff that was on my resolutions list for a long time. Um, we had a geology paper this year, you know, uh, so that's good. And I have been doing that, but there's this uh, one part of my dissertation that is just, it's super complicated. It's not, it's an interesting story, but it's not a cut and dry story. And uh, I presented on it a thousand times. I've written extended abstracts on all different parts of it, but I haven't put it all together. And so I need to do that. <laughs> and so I think there's, there's two articles to come out of the rest of my dissertation and I want them out there. Yeah. <laughs> so this last year was really good at, at work. You know, I, we officially made like, I'm the director of the field camp, which I was the acting director anyway, but that's like an official job at OU now. I could never have gotten that on my business cards before. And now I can. Right. And so, you know, that was really cool. And that all happened. But like the next line in me getting promoted because I'm not on a tenure track, the promotion for me, it's the same. I can still be an associate and a full professor, but there's like no guidelines for it university wide because there's not a whole lot of people in my position. And so I think the publishing part is what will get me there because everything else I do a whole lot of. So, yeah. yeah. And so that's my deal is like, and, but now I'm going to focus on completing these specific things, not like I'm going to publish an article this year. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to be working on that, but I'm going to publish these articles this year. So one of them is already promised. Um, somewhere. So that's good. And the other one, I'll start writing that up. Um, yeah, here in the next month, I think. So I'm going to get All those right. out. It's very specific ones. So this will be measurable by next year. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's next for you? Okay. So I'm, so we don't have too many and the show get very long. Oh no, no. I've only got one more. Um, <laughs> Well, I've, yeah, I've got a big list, so I'm going to lump some Oh, here. okay, okay. Um, one of them is more smaller allowed breaks, and the mm -hmm. other one is to be less reactive, which sounds the opposite of last year's, <laughs> but it's not. It's different. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. um, but these go together. Okay. So the more smaller allowed breaks is, like, this year we went on vacation for the first time in, like, five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not Which great. Not okay. Yeah. So it doesn't always have to be like, I'm going to take a week or two weeks off, though I know to many folks in not in the U.S., they're like, only a week every year. Yeah. Um, America. Right. <laughs> but to take more frequent, I mean, even a weekend can count. Like not uh -huh. working six or seven days a week. Yeah. Could I could count that as a, a break. Like I did something Saturday that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yep. My husband and I have made the same resolution for for us as well because we have this pop-up tent trailer and we're like, we can go like nearby. It doesn't have to be a two-week-long trip that we plan out. Yeah. And it's still fun. And it's still taking a break because we are also workaholics, yes. <laughs> and it's coupled with less reactive <laughs> in that not less reactive to like making a decision or you know, a mm -hmm. need in the market or something less reactive in that when somebody starts yelling because they want something ah. now, 
say, you know, do what, I mean, I'm not saying that I want my customer service to be terrible, <laughs> but also not saying like, let me drop everything that I'm doing for somebody else and help you right now because you're right. screaming loud. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went on vacation this year, I had put in a signature in my email saying, I'm going to be gone from this date to this date and I won't be having access to anything. Mm-hmm. And I put it in there for like a month before I left. And it was day three of my vacation. And I had a almost screaming voicemail from somebody <gasps> wanting something right now. <sighs> um, at which point I said, I'm sorry, I am in the middle of another state. I am a long ways from my laptop. It's at the hotel. I can maybe look at this tonight if I have time. And when they say that's not good enough, I said, I'm sorry. Like this is, <laughs> this is something <laughs> that came up out of nowhere. It's not a life threatening emergency. It's not a dire emergency. It's not like something isn't working. It's that you neglected to ask me for something that you didn't find out you needed until today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so becoming less reactive in those situations, like not letting it get me as stressed out, as flustered. Uh, and just saying, you know, I'm I'm sorry that this is an issue for you. I'll get to it as soon as I can, but that's not right now. There's a <laughs> very <laughs> passive aggressive thing that I've seen in a lot of doctor's offices, but I totally love it. Um, the lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll get to that. <laughs> and actually, it's not that I want our service to be, you know, if something's not working, no, by all means, email, yes. call, like, we'll help. Yeah. That's fine. Um, but just a little bit less of the... When somebody comes in very entitled, uh, I'm sorry, but we'll get to you when it's appropriate. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's totally fair because you have other customers as well, right? It's not like you can, yeah, everyone gets the same treatment, so. Well, and it comes in not just in business, but in life too. Right, yeah, it's it's not fair that just because, you know, the squeaky wheel crap, I hate that saying so much. Exactly, and <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't, I don't want to deal with it, and to me it's not, you know, that stresses that person out none, and it's shortening my life. Right, yes. Because it stressed yeah. me out so much. Right, exactly, and uh, that's not okay. No, so that's sort of what I did on vacation, was just say, look, uh... I'm sorry you're in this situation that you put yourself in. I'll I'll get to it as soon as I can, but that's mm -hmm. not not now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how that specific situation worked out, but 95% of the time everything will probably be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that's okay, I think. And I think that should be something that yeah, more people do, like this is how this should work, not, not oh, the other way. On the flip side, I've tried to respect that with other people too. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. When I ask somebody for something and they say, I, I can't really get to that right now. Instead of saying, that's outrageous. I just say, let me know when you can. 
Mm -hmm. Yes, like this person that we asked to be on the podcast and turned us down. And I was at first was like, oh, man. And it's like, no, this is great. This is great. You know, I don't want you coming on to be stressful for you. And this is wonderful that you set this boundary. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. So more breaks, less reactive, remaining reactive to situations, remaining less reactive to people. Yeah, that's good. Um, great. That, that kind of ties into my saying no one. My last one goes back to my software one because, you know, I do want to get better at that because of the thing of like, I don't want to be that person in a mid-career that's not learning new things, you know, or not keeping abreast of the way the wind is blowing. Um, and so this is, this has been on my to-do list for years, but I'm going to make my real like OU webpage. But in addition to that, like a field camp webpage and like a research group webpage and keep them updated. I'm going to try to do this fairly soon and like make them good, not make them just the, the boilerplate template. And yeah, and I'm going to try to keep them updated, like add stuff to my CV when it comes in, do that sort of thing. So it becomes habit as well. And um, I think having that out there will be good for this making the priority of staying within my boundaries sort of thing. You know, because it's like I am a teaching professor, but I still have a lab and I still have graduate students. And so there's no reason, you know, we can't have a, a research web page. So I think that will help keep me motivated. And, you know, I've shockingly never made a web page from scratch before. So what? <laughs> I mean, I have like blogger web pages, I guess. So I have done it, but. Cool. That's a good so. one. Yeah. I mean, it's been on my to-do list forever and i finally like updated my faculty like the one the boilerplate one where they're like hey send us this paragraph to put in here you know um and ou keeps changing all the website stuff so i know it's a big deal but now would be a good time to like go to some of those seminars and stay stay up on what those things are that we need we talk a lot um on our faculty about like you know what web presence do students even care about? Like if you're in high school, what do you want to see on a website? You know, if you're going to grad school, what do you want to see on a website? Stuff like that. So I'm going to take some of that advice and that's going to be my, my first piece of like software that I'm going to try to like keep up with this year. Nice. So, I yeah. look forward to seeing your webpage. Um, excellent. <laughs> Maybe we need I'll to change. update our photos on our webpage. <laughs> Exactly what I was just gonna say. Maybe I'll change this picture from 15 years ago <laughs> on our webpage. <laughs> yeah, I think we should definitely do that. But maybe I'll do that since I'm going to get into this webpage stuff. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So that's my that's my main my main three. You know, I'm real big on the smart goals. So <laughs> these are my three for this year in relation to work. So. Okay, so I've got some more work ones that I'm not probably going to go into because honestly, they're not that interesting <laughs> to people that aren't in our business. Um, you know, we got a new product line we're trying to get going. I'm trying to sort of, 
you know, I'm the stopping point in a lot of things right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to make it more like, yep, I just work here too. And we're all working off this big goal list. Gotcha. Less like I am the the source of the things. <laughs> and more <laughs> yeah, that gotcha. the system is the source of the things and we all work for the system. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I don't want to get too deep into that because again, I don't think they're that interesting unless no, I you totally- run a business. I'm very interested to see how this works in the next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've got two personal ones. Okay. And they're both very short. Okay. Uh, one is that, I and I've already been trying to do this, and I'm going to say mostly accomplishing it, except, of course, for around the holidays, mm-hmm. uh, which is make it to the gym three times a week. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> but, you know, if I'm going to finish all of these ideas and goals that I've got, I've got to live for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and true. Yeah. At, at my age where sneezing can hurt your back, uh, I need to go to the gym so I can make that happen. <laughs> yeah. And stuff takes a lot longer to heal now, and that's not cool. And it's all the stuff that you, you know, remember your parents saying or whatever, and you're like, that's dumb. And now you're this age, and it's like, ooh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Mm-hmm. And I could, uh, I could get on board with that one as well. Yeah. And so we're going, you know, not, not sponsored, but uh, we're going to Planet Fitness. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, It'll probably help the stress, even if it doesn't do anything else. See, that's one where everybody's like, after I exercise, I just feel so good. And I'm like, I just feel stressed because I spent an hour doing this instead of working. (laughs) I think that'll go away. I Um, think you need need to give it more time and that'll go away. Maybe. So anyway, that's (laughs) been happening. Um, But the other one is an extension. Last year, I said I wanted to learn to fly. Mm -hmm. Uh, This year, I'm going to get my instrument rating. (gasps) Okay. So I've already started on it. Uh, For those that aren't familiar with it, to fly into conditions where you can't see the ground, uh, you're not under visual flight rules, you're under instrument flight rules, Uh, you have to have an instrument rating. And that means I have to spend probably around 50 hours flying an airplane that I can't see outside of. (laughs) So, yeah, how does that work? Uh, so you have a safety pilot or an instructor with you, mm-hmm. and you put this device called a hood on. <laughs> oh my god! And gosh. the hood no. <laughs> blocks your view of everything but the instrument panel. No kidding. So from takeoff until I reach, you know the the decision altitude on approach. Yeah, you know, I flew around for an hour and a half the other day, and with an instructor, and couldn't see anything outside the plane the whole time. You are kidding me. <laughs> Just the instruments and your inner ear, you know, really fools you. It tells you you're turning when you're not. And uh, it's it's difficult. You know, I said that getting a pilot's license was one of the more difficult things that I've done. Uh, getting an instrument rating is even more difficult. But it's, no it's uh, quite fun. Wow. That's super interesting. Hmm. You always hear those things about, Yeah pilots overcorrecting or whatever and coming out upside down <laughs> or something from some clouds. Cause you feel like it's not 
correct you know that's that's real weird well and you know everybody's like oh yeah whatever like i could tell if i'm right side up or upside down oh no no you no. cannot no i wouldn't make that <laughs> i wouldn't make that comment in a million years <laughs> one of the one of the things they do early on is they'll have you close your eyes and they will just jerk the plane all over the sky <sighs> get your inner ear all stirred up and then put you in some weird orientation and just uh. using instruments tell you to recover Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, anytime, anytime you think you're good at something, uh, go fly. That's what I've learned. <laughs> that is fantastic. And it ties in with a lot of our other goals, just like last year with, you know, learning to fly saying that was going to be good for making decisions and being reactive mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to situations. That, yeah, that continues with this. Uh, a lot of instrument flying is knowing when to say no because it's going to kill you and your passengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's scary. And we've had to wow. cancel uh, twice recently. We were going to fly down to southern Arkansas to meet some friends. Both mornings I had to say, you know, the weather between here and there is just not good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sucked. We really wanted to see them. I wanted to go flying. Uh, but it's not worth picking up ice and losing our life over. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Man, that is... Well, I'm sure there's going to be some great stories, and I can't wait to hear about these when you get kidnapped in your own plane, essentially. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, well, uh, even though it's an even-numbered year... It might still be okay, right? Maybe the machines will just take over and we won't have to worry about any of these resolutions. You know, it's true. Uh, (laughs) And that brings us to everybody's favorite segment of the show, Fun Paper Friday. Yay! My resolution needs to, well, see, one of our our personal life things was we're going to keep the dining room table and the kitchen, like, surfaces (gasps) cleaner. Oh, oh, okay. Because the dining room table has been my office for a year. (laughs) Um, So in the process of doing that, the cowbell is not reachable. Available at this moment? I can see it, but I can't reach it. Oh, I just put up the original cowbell today. It was out in the middle of the yard. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, and I rang it all the way back into into the garage. Um, and I was like, oh, fun paper Friday. <laughs> so you found uh, um, being still December, we're still yes. doing BMJ. Yes. <laughs> uh, ghost in the machine or monkey with a typewriter generating titles for Christmas research articles in the BMJ using artificial intelligence, colon, observational study by Marlowe and Wood. <laughs> so this one isn't actually, you know, it's not super funny, but it's interesting. And since we've done so many AI title generation different papers this year, I thought that this would be a good one to wrap up on. <laughs> well, and, you know, I love so much to talk about AI. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, they used uh, GPT-3, which is a commercially available, pretty standard languagey AI method. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they uh, said, okay, you know all these things about language. Now we're going to show you some titles from this thing called BMJ Christmas Edition. 
And we want you to use that information and what you know about language to predict some new ones. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. And then they they went through those titles um, and said, okay, is this legit? They used their seven-step Likert scale, right, of are these interesting? Are they educational? Are they funny? Um and then they enlisted 25 of their friends to go through and do the same thing. And not just any friends, but doctors yes. that had to self-affirm that they are familiar with the BMJ Christmas edition. Right. Right. Exactly. So would they want to read these papers? Is it, it Was it a real BMJ title? I want to read this. This would be funny, enjoyable to read. This would be scientifically or educationally useful. Right. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, we, we love us a good Likert scale. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the graphs and everything are in here if you want to dig into those. Uh, what we really learned was the AI could generate some feasible titles, but most of the time they were not picked as the most plausible. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely um, not the most educational, but sometimes the funniest. <laughs> sometimes the funniest, which is not surprising, right? <laughs> um, so when they went back through and they sort of curated the AI, AI titles, so they went through and messed with them, curated these, and then presented them with the same Likert scale. This is actually really interesting, right? Is that, you know, those, the differences between the actual BMJ and then the AI generated curated ones were negligible in many cases. Yeah. So you get that human touch on it to, to polish it just a little. And uh, that, also, that also means that academics aren't very creative in their paper titles. I know, exactly. <laughs> like, even in the BMJ. Come on now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, obviously, <laughs> they had um, the participants rank most plausible titles for um, <laughs> that they were shown. And they knew it was a mix of AI and real ones. And they also said, you know, we know that, you know, there's some pretty famous, famous studies in here. So maybe the results would be skewed because these people have already seen these studies. Um, and then they also did the funniest titles and these were pretty good too. And many oh. of the real ones have been featured on this very podcast. I know, exactly. <laughs> and will be featured in the future. I will tell you of the ones that <laughs> that I didn't have. I'm totally using this paper to plumb the depths of the BMJ for so, next time. I will say the ones that were lowest rated of the AI titles, I liked some of those the best. I did too. Okay, so which one was your favorite one? I'll see if it's the same one if it's mine. Using the stethoscope as a lie detector. <laughs> I like that one a lot, but I didn't like it as much as what would happen if we stopped wiping our bottoms. <laughs> I also liked the fire hose carrying capacity of a Yorkshire farmer observational study. Oh man, yeah, that was really good. Um, you spot the, the consultant? That one hit a little close to home. <laughs> Top ten reasons for repeated failed carjacking: a retrospective observational study. <laughs> oh man, 
<laughs> I don't even know if we're going to talk about the first one, right? Yeah, I don't think we can. Um, I don't think we can either. But go read the paper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I had to look up uh, where is Harold Shipman's coffin. <gasps> yes. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> uh, so he's potentially the most prolific serial killer in history. He's oh. a medical doctor. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, they. I don't remember how many confirmed kills. It, it was something not incredibly huge confirmed. Uh, believed two hundred and fifty. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Hmm. Um. Yes, this survival time of chocolates on hospital wards. <laughs> I remember doing that one. We've I done think that, we did one. that one this year. Yeah, <laughs> like that one. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, um, we've done the working nine to five, not the way to make an academic living. Mm-hmm. Uh, this AI one was great too. Are teddy bears bored by oral presentations? <laughs> I loved that one. <laughs> A cross-sectional study of teddy bear gaze and attention-seeking behavior in pediatricians' offices. <laughs> of course they are. We're all bored by most oral presentations. <laughs> Um, yeah, these are good. These are really good. I love that they repeatedly, they honed in on this one. The effects of free gourmet coffee on emergency department waiting times, an observational study. <laughs> and they repeatedly said that that's going to be their potential submission for the 2022 <laughs> Christmas issue of the PMJ. <laughs> yeah, so that one's good. I also liked, uh, and they did too, the association between belief in conspiracy theories and willingness to receive vaccinations, because that one seems plausible. I thought that was real. <laughs> like I'm like, this has been written, right? And I went to search for it. And I'm like, oh, no, that's the AI title. <laughs> so the AI um, has been ingesting some news. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Uh, so it was interesting because, you know, as... You know, if you listen to us, one of the cool things about the BMJ in general is their sort of abstract way that they do things where you have to write out objective design. Um, one of the conclusions I found that was interesting on here, and it was also in the other work related to this, was how they said that this could help drive additional studies by having AI spit out these titles and give them ideas. And they keep Coming back to this like gourmet coffee and waiting rooms thing. And I thought that was a really interesting outcome of this that I wouldn't have put together. Yeah, for sure. You know, can can AI point out a connection that we might not have thought about because it doesn't have any a priori knowledge really. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then we go, oh, well, maybe not exactly that, but we could look at the connection between A and C. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of that as a, I mean, that's a very low budget way of brainstorming. That's kind of cool. Yeah, brainstorming with your closest electronic brain. That's exactly right. <laughs> I can't wait to feed him a whole bunch of PMAG articles and see what comes <laughs> out of that. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that this week. I'll put that on my resolutions. Then I'll Submission email to, to the you. Journal of Null Results. <laughs> exactly. It's all PMAC papers. Um, did you see this? By the way, somebody had uh, tweeted. Uh, it was a journal of universal rejection. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. So I saved this because I would like to have a fun paper from this journal, but there aren't any. <laughs> okay, so um, 
at Brian Banks PhD tweeted and said, whoever made this is my new favorite person. <laughs> uh, Journal of Universal Rejection. Okay. And the here's the about the journal section. <laughs> okay. Let me get it where I read it all here. The founding principle of the Journal of Universal Rejection, J of UR, is rejection, universal rejection. That is to say, all submissions, regardless of quality, will be rejected. Despite that apparent drawback, here are a number of reasons you may choose to submit to the JFUR. <laughs> One, you can send your manuscript here without suffering waves of anxiety regarding the eventual fate of your submission. You know with a 100% certainty that it will not be accepted for publication. <laughs> Two, there are no page fees. <laughs> Three, you may claim to have submitted to the most prestigious journal judged by acceptance rate. <laughs> Four, That's good. the JFUR is one of a kind. Merely submitting work to it may be considered a badge of honor. <laughs> Five, you retain complete rights to your work and are free to resubmit to other journals even before our review process <laughs> is complete. <laughs> And the last one, decisions are often, though not always, rendered within hours of submission. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Brian Banks, PhD, thanks for pointing that out. That's amazing. Mm, and yeah. I would love to have a fun paper from there, but that's as close as we'll ever get. Oh, gosh. I've already started following. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, this is really good. And I know this is someone I want to follow because it says they're followed by Dr. Bitter Professor. <laughs> Crap, my reviewers say. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, this is excellent. <laughs> so uh, if, uh, if you have the preprints of your manuscript that you're going to submit to the JFUR, or you have data uh, from AI-generated titles, maybe for our show, somebody want to feed all of our episode titles into <laughs> GPT-3, that would be amazing. Uh, uh, uh. We would love to see those results. Shannon, how can they send that in? Uh, email us, show at don'tpanicgeocast.com. Clearly, we're on Twitter, at don'tpanicgeo. I'm at Shannon Doolin. John is at geo underscore Lehman. And as always, thank you to our Patreon supporters for supporting us. If you want to have a New Year's resolution of giving poor podcasters more money <laughs> you can do that too patreon.com slash don't panic geo and until next week and next year remember <laughs> don't panic it's not an exact science any opinions findings conclusions or recommendations expressed are solely ours and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers or funding agencies 